throughout the year, we've done a series of messages leading up to the point that we're at today. We started off the year with a series called Home, and we realized that home is where the presence of the Father is, and you are not a project to be fixed. You are a person that we love, and you are now a son in the kingdom of God. And so we moved over here to this place called Sonship, where we realized we're seated at the right hand of God with the Heavenly Father, and that is our place in His kingdom. So we're seated in heaven with the Father, but we know that many of us are still, all of us hopefully are still alive here in this earth, amen. If you're alive, say, I'm here. Amen. Say, I'm awake. Amen. Say, I'm ready. So we know that you're seated with Christ in heavenly places, but you're alive here in this earth. And so we know that when we realize that we're a son of God seated in heavenly places, but we're here in this earth, we now become God's access point to the earth where we wanted to abide in the culture of heaven where we're earthly dwelling is currently at. And so our Abide series was about not just recognizing the kingdom, but getting the kingdom culture to manifest here in this earth and watch God do something with his kingdom culture. Jesus said this, he said, my kingdom come, my will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so God wanted his dwelling place on earth to resemble heaven so much that he felt just as comfortable here with us as he did where he currently is on his throne in heaven. And so we realized when that happens, the culture of heaven shows up, the glory of God shows up. And we went on a quest for the glory of God. And in this quest for the glory of God, we found the glory of God and we realized that in the glory of God, we begin to change even though we may not realize it. Moses came off the mountain and he didn't realize he was shining with the glory of God, but all the people did. We realize this, when you get in the presence of God, you come off the mountain and all the glory of God is filled into your life and people realize that you're changing. You look different. You're, you're living different. Your lifestyle is different. They notice the changes that you're making and that is the glory of God. But more than the glory of God changing uh, the way you look, you become in the image and the likeness of him. You begin to look like the father and the church has got to come to the realization that we are the father's image here in this earth. We are the father's image. If the world wants to know what heaven is like, they should be able to, should be able to, hear me, should be able to look at the church and say, that's what heaven's like. Come on now. Now, now that's a big shoe to fill. That's a big task to, to carry. That's a big burden to bear. That's a big responsibility for the church. But it's not so big that you can't do it. But you got to have him to do it. Amen. And when you surrender to yourself and you no longer live and Christ lives within you, you begin to bear the image of the Father. And what does that image look like? That's where we're in the, we're in the series we're at now. This series called Identity. And the, the title of this morning's message is Price Tag. Price tag. In the last message I preached uh, two weeks ago when I was here, we talked about finding the real you. And when you find the real you and the real you begins to awaken, you, share all, you, you begin to shake off the mere existence to experience a life that you are destined to live. Your destiny is found in your identity. If you do not find your identity, you will never find your destiny. A lot of people say, well, when I make it to my destiny, I'll figure out who I am. No, when you figure out who you are, you'll make it to your destiny. You'll make it to that place in your life where God has called you, created you, formed you, and he specifically has a plan that only you can fulfill. I believe God created each one of us so uniquely different that there is a responsibility that, that, that Miss Pam can fulfill that Joel could never fulfill. But for her to do it, she's got to find her identity that will bring her into her destiny. Only what she can fulfill. And so in this, we got to begin to understand the real you. The real you and who you are, your destiny is found in your identity. 
And this morning as we get started in today's message of price tag, I want to talk to you about value just for a second. Your value does not decrease based on someone else's inability to see your worth. Okay? I'm going to read that again. Your value does not decrease based on someone else's inability to see your worth. Just because the world may not see your worth, your value is not based on their perception of you. And so many people in the church, we get concerned by about what the world thinks of us that we decrease our value or our image of the Father in us to match what the world looks like because we go more with the world's value system than the heavenly value system. Now, now come on. Well, we know this for a fact. The church has compromised anything. The church worldwide has compromised many things because we value the world's opinion about things, about humanity, about, about circumstances, more than we value the written word of God's stance in, uh, on, on things. So therefore, we have decreased the value of the church because we think our worth is based on what the world thinks. And listen, your value, it does not decrease based on someone else's inability to see who you are and what your worth is. But one thing you've got to realize, Tony knows he has to realize this. He's got to begin to see the worth in himself before the world will see the worth in him. Come on, if you don't begin to see worth in you, the world will never see worth in you. See, you got to see worth in you because the world sees the worst in you. Somebody needs to write that down. You got to see the worth inside of you because the world's looking for the worst in you. They're looking for every reason to judge you. They're looking for every reason to talk about you, so give them something good to talk about. Listen, people are always talking about our church, so we give them something good to talk about. If somebody says something bad about me, I laugh and say, they got a great topic. Because <laughs> my worth doesn't, isn't based on their inability to see it. I know what I'm worth to the kingdom. So I'm striving after my identity so I can walk into my destiny. And you've got to begin to see your worth. You've got to begin to see your value. You've got to begin to see as an individual, Jesus Christ came for you. He didn't come for pastor. He came for you. He didn't come for TWBC. He came for Katie Briggs. He came for you. There's value in you. There's worth in you. I love our rage students. There's value and there's worth in you. Man, I love you guys. I love seeing you guys blossom into the amazing destiny that God has for you because you're finding your identity. And I love how our church, TWBC, supports our kids and our youth group. Come on now. I love how we support them because we see worth in you. But we see worth in them because they see worth in them. And I love how our church supports our young people, the next generation. But it's also time that we support your current generation. See, you'll walk in and you'll support and love on kids, but you'll dog their very parents that brought them because their life isn't living right. See, you'll see the value in them, 
But you won't see the value in the generation that's above them raising them. And you'll start seeing a value in the generation that's raising them. How much more can they grow and increase and produce? Because we're now pouring into the generation that's above them raising them. But don't forget the generation that's prior to you. See, see, I'm in a unique time frame in my life. I got two generations above me and two generations below me. And I'm smack right in the middle. Okay? And so it's an amazing experience to see the worth of prime timers, people who are 50 plus in the prime of their life. And it's an amazing position to be in to see the, the, the students that are in college and in high school below me go, coming into their identity so they can find their destiny. And God says, if you'll find the value and the worth in all of them, I will then begin to rise the church to the value that I have of the church. Listen, your value, it does not decrease based on your boss's inability to see your worth. But you got to go to work and prove you're worth something, baby. Come on now. <laughs> see, y'all, if you want to go to work and sit around and do nothing, <laughs> all my employees are like, yes, thank you, Jesus. His inability to see my worth, it doesn't matter. I, I know I'm good. Come on. I love it. Tara, can I see you in my office at 8.30 in the morning? We're... But you got to go and be worth something. And I promise if you'll go be worth something, people are going to notice and recognize your value. But because you don't see the worth in yourself, people have a hard time putting a proper value on who you are because people, you want people to value you before you prove your worth to them. Husbands and wives, prove your worth to your spouse. Don't give them something to complain about. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. All the ladies and the men said hallelujah. Come on. Right? So we got to begin to live out what we're worth so the value of it will move forward. And so your value doesn't decrease based on somebody else's inability to see your worth. Now, we've talked about this last week, so I'm going to run through it real quick. Everybody say, I'm ready. Everybody say, I'm hungry. Your self-concept is the overall impression of yourself as a human being. What you think about yourself, overall impression, the goods, the bads, the uglies, that is your self-concept. Your self-concept is made up of three areas. The self-ideal, this is the practicing perfect you. This is the ideal you. If I could do anything and money wasn't an issue and I had all the talent, skills, and abilities that, that it would take to do it, this is what I would be and this is who I would be. It's the ideal you, the practicing perfect you. It's your destiny you. And then you have your self-image. This is currently how you view yourself. And you can tell by how you view, currently view yourself by what you say about yourself and the actions of yourself. If every time you mess up, you call yourself a stupid idiot, that shows how much value and what image you have of yourself. And, and listen, if you are ever going to prove what you're worth, like we just talked about, you got to quit having negative conversations in your own head about you. Quit having negative conversations in your own head about you. You are your own worst enemy sometimes. Man, they're, 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 the, the longest 10 minutes of my life is when I know I flopped on a message and I'm driving from this church building to where I'm going to eat lunch, and that is the longest 10 minutes of my life. <laughs> because it is a constant beatdown of Joel telling himself how much of a failure he is, how much I dropped the ball today, on how somebody else may not make it to heaven because I failed. And, and Right? I'm just telling you, being honest. You, you do the same thing. You mess up and you're like, man, I'm just dumb. And if I would have done this different or that different and driving home and longest drive home of your life. Quit talking bad about yourself. Begin to see worth in yourself. Realize that if you did mess up and you didn't do it great, you're still practicing perfect. Come on. 
You're still practicing Jesus. You're getting there. You're on your way to it. Don't let one mess up stop you from being all that you're called to be and who you're called to be. And so this morning, I want to really hit on this next one. It's your self-worth. Your self-worth is the significance or importance you place on yourself, spirit, soul, and body. Your self-worth is the significance you place on yourself, spirit, soul, and body. And some of you are saying, I place a lot of worth on myself. Look how much, come on, I am. Some of you don't place any worth on yourself. Some of you need to start spending money on yourself. Some of you need to realize you're probably not worth as much as you are spending on yourself. So spend it differently. Come on, I'm telling you. And I'll give you an example. And I'm not picking on ladies, but, but, but I'm picking on ladies, okay? I'm just going to say it. Ladies, some of, some of you have a bad day and you go buy five new pairs of shoes. Your one bad day does not justify five new pairs of shoes. I wasn't saying anything. I didn't even know that. I'll say it on this side. Men, some of you have a bad day and you go spend $300 on fishing lures that you'll never use. Come on. All the ladies said, yes, amen. Revival almost just broke out. Listen, some, some of you are spending way too much money on yourself to make yourself feel better, to make yourself come to a place of value. And so your self-worth is the significance or importance you place on yourself, spirit, soul, and body. And the biggest issue with our self-ideal the perfect us, the practicing Jesus us, is not the future or reconciled you. It's the current decisions we're making that'll never get us there because our self-worth is not where it should be. Now listen, if you had to put a price tag on yourself this morning, what would you be worth? If all of us, well, would you say this is the ultimate garage sale and you're for sale? <laughs> and you had to put a little sticker on your forehead of how much you were worth. How much would you write on that? What would you write on that? I got a simple illustration that I want to do this morning. And so um, I'm going to ask uh, Tanner, Tanner Reagan to come on up here. Tanner's a professional auctioneer. Amen. Give him a hand clap. And I want to illustrate this point this morning because I had three amazing people do some amazing work this past weekend. Andy Crouch, if you want to come up and bring the brisket that you had. Travis, if you want to come up. If y'all have never had Travis Thompson's ribs, he's got four racks of ribs in there. That Lord Jesus, thank you, Lord. And Miss Carol Wilkes, she has made some banana pudding. And Damon, help your mama up on the stage because I told her she didn't have to, but I told her her son would make her, so you make her, not me. And now what we're fixing to do is when I said, put a price tag on yourself, how much do you think you're worth? We're fixing to auction these three items off. Travis, we're going to auction your items off for the kids. Now, you got two ways to value what these ribs are worth. You can either bid on the ribs or you can bid on the kids. You can bid on the ribs... Or you can bid on the kids because it's all about what the value is. See, if you're bidding on ribs, you could probably pay a pretty good price for them. If you're bidding on the kids, how much your baby worth? And all the funds that Travis raises from this auction 
is going to the children's department. So TWBC Kids is about to get a blessing based on how much you value them. Pretty simple illustration. Tanner, you ready? Y'all got your checkbooks ready? Hey, now now listen. All right, put the picture up on the screen. That is what you're bidding on. Now come on now. Thank you, Jesus. Now, now, time out. Now, 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 now here's, here's, I got to throw a little caveat in this. You're not bidding on the ribs, you're bidding on the kids. The brisket is going to go to the rage department. So you're not bidding on the brisket, you're bidding on the next generation. Okay? And I'm going to hold the last one for a surprise. All right? So Tanner, auction off these first two items. We'll start with the ribs. All right. Come on. That's what our kids are worth. Amen. Thank you very much. You can write your check to TWBC and give it to Andy Crouch sometime in the next week. All right, now it's for the rage. We got a brisket. Here we go. There you go. Amen. Y'all give them a big hand clap this morning. Now, lovely Miss Carol, if you want to step and show your bowl of delicious goodness. Come on, we're, we're going all the way to the front, sister. Now, now I had Miss Carol do this for, for a reason. Oh, you want me? I'll take the lid off. I'll smell it, too. Mm. And if, you, if you've been around TWBC for any length of time, Miss Carol had a, a, you want me to help you get that back on? Yeah. I would hate for somebody to not get that delicious bowl of goodness. I'd hate to spill it. Yeah. Miss Carol, there's an awesome, precious lady that's home with the Lord, and her name was Miss Nanny. And when we were at the old building, Miss Nanny 
would always say this, oh, Joel, I love her, I rode the four-wheeler with her out here, and we were doing, oh, Joel, I just can't wait till we get into that new church building. Just can't wait till we get in. And she would say that every week. She said it every week for two and a half years. And the moment we walked in this building, her eyes welled up in tears. And the top wasn't finished. The kitchen wasn't finished. The stage wasn't built. It was just a concrete floor with some, with, with some, with some, with some altars that were, were kind of there. And we just had a, a roll of carpet with metal folding chairs. And she said, it's the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen in my life. And, and you know, I find the same spirit in Miss Carol. Because recently, Miss Carol's been coming to me and says, Joel, you know we need that new building. Joel, you know we need that new building. Joel, you know we need that new building. Joel, did you hear my baby Damon had 160 kids upstairs? He needs a new building. And you know, Sherry's got kids running out her ears. Our kids need a new building. And so we know we need it. We may as well get started on it. So this will be the start of a building fund with banana pudding. So Tanner, have at it, buddy. Amen. Amen. If you guys want to take those back to the kitchen, y'all give Tanner a big hand clap this morning. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate it. Hey, and if you missed out on an item this morning, they're doing this again second service, okay? Because we have two services, so I had them prepared double. And so, Tanner, thank you so much again. And I wanted to do that to illustrate this one point. How much are ribs and briskets and banana puddings worth? What price tag do you put on yourself? What are you truly worth? Because here's, I'm going to get way off script here just for a second, okay? I mean, just, just for a second. Because I think you're worth a million. I think you're worth a million. More than a million. I think you're worth my life. You're worth my life. You're worth so much to me as a person, as an individual, as a church member, because I see your worth. I see the potential in everybody's eyes the moment they walk in the door. And it's my cry of my heart that every time I see you on a Sunday morning, when I get up this morning and I can't even talk because I'm so sick and I got drainage running out my throat and my ears and I feel like, like junk and I didn't even want to walk in the building today, when I saw you walk in this morning, everything changed. Amen. Everything changed. Because I see your worth. I see your value. I see how much you mean to the kingdom of God. And if your self-worth is the significance or the importance that you put on yourself, listen, I don't judge you by a dollar amount. I don't judge you by a dollar amount. You must begin to value or evaluate your worth by one word. And it's called this word. It's called honor. The one word you begin to value your worth at is honor. Honor is this, is putting value or worth on something or someone. Dishonor is this, it is treating something that is valuable as commonplace. It is treating something or someone as common. So dishonoring, you are dishonoring yourself if you think of yourself at TWBC as a common, everyday, average Joe. 
Because you're more than a common, everyday, average Joe. You are a man and woman of God with the Spirit of God on the inside of you. The very same power that raised Jesus from the grave lives and dwells in you. He said you're an overcomer. He said you're more than a conqueror. He said you overcome by the blood of the Lamb and your word of your testimony. He said you're above and not beneath. You're the head and not the tail. He said you're blessed when you come in. You're blessed when you go out. He said a thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it's not coming near you this morning. He said you got great value in this place. You got great work in this place and he saw so much to honor you and pay the ultimate price that he said I'm giving you my son and you must honor that sacrifice come on you must honor that and so oh anytime a Christian anytime somebody who I know is a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ said well I'm just a common person I'm just an average Joe I'm just I'm just a normal person there is nothing normal about any one of us we've been bought with the price And that price was the Son of God himself. And in that, the Son of God himself showed you the greatest honor. And he said, I'll show you how much you're worth. God said this, he was pleased to have all of himself dwell in Jesus Christ. And Jesus said, no one can take my life, but I give it up. Of my own accord. And so Jesus saw your value so much that he didn't just crucify himself. He crucified him and all the fullness that the Father had and put in him. He crucified all of heaven for you. Don't ever call yourself average in front of me. Don't ever call yourself commonplace in front of me. I need you to begin to see that there's great worth and significance about your life and you begin to show there's great worth and significance about your life in the way you begin to honor the life that you're living. Listen, honor does this. Honor causes everything around it to elevate. Come on now. When you begin to take care of your life and take care of yourself, it causes everything around it to elevate. You can do better at what you do and how you live when you'll start honoring yourself. Jesus said this. He said, love your neighbor as you love yourself. You want to know why there's so much hate in the world? It's because people hate themselves and it's just being displayed in their neighbor. That's the truth of the matter. And because we have quit honoring this living creature organism, myself, this physical body that the Bible says is now the temple of God himself. Because I quit honoring that and I make it commonplace. Dishonor causes everything around it to deteriorate. If you look at your personal life, the things that are deteriorating are the things you have not honored. Your marriage is struggling. How much have you honored it? How much value and worth have you put on your marriage? Your kids are deteriorating, your relationship with them. How many times have you put down the phone from Facebook and went out and kicked a soccer ball with them? Come on now. Man, begin to honor things. Honor causes everything around it to elevate. Everything. The reason why I honor you when you walk in here and I ask how you're doing because I really do want to know is because it gives you, for for a moment, it gives you a sense of worth. You want to know why I spend time and at the back door I hug every person that walks through that back door as much as I can? Because I want you to know that you're worth something to me. And I want to honor you. Bless your heart, you gave your time to come listen to me. The least I could do is give you a hug. I mean, come on. Honor causes everything around it to elevate. Dishonor causes everything around it to deteriorate. And you must 
give yourself this. It's called a safe place. A safe place. You must give yourself a safe place. Honor is more than an action. It's a value that affects every part of your life. When you're at your house, what do you do with things of value? You put them in a safe place. How many of y'all have a china cabinet? Oh, the dishes don't go in a normal cabinet. They go in a china cabinet. We haven't even unpacked our china dishes because we don't have a china cabinet in our house yet. So they're staying in a safe place. It's this box that's fully padded on 15 sides, even though there's only a, a rectangular box. I don't know how you pad a box that much, but it's in a safe place. How many of you guys have a gun safe? Only in Texas. Come on, baby. You, you don't say that in any other part of the world in a message. <laughs> but you put it in a safe place because you know the power that is displayed in that weapon. And you know that weapon is powerless until you connect with it. And if you connect in it right, it has great benefits. But if you connect with it wrong, it is detrimental. And death happens. So you must begin to honor yourself by giving yourself a safe place. Honor creates an environment for people to become their best. Honor is your safe place. Honor creates an environment for you to become your best. When you begin to honor per certain parts of your life, it gives you a safe place for you to become your very best. When you begin to honor your spiritual life and put God first in your spiritual life, you're giving it a safe place for your spiritual life to become your very best. When you honor God with your finances and give him his tithes and your offerings, you're putting finances in a safe place, a place of honor that he can begin to grow and flourish them in an amazing way. When you put your kids in a safe place and you begin to honor them and you begin to teach them and you begin to walk with them and you begin to help them and you begin to nurture them, it gets them a place of security and a sense of belonging. And there's so many families out there that don't do it. The school systems are asking us to come to do it and we begin to honor them these kids and put them in a safe place so they can become their very best when you honor a part of your life you're putting it in a safe place and you're giving it the ability to come become its very best when you honored your education and many of you did and you went on from high school to college and got a college degree when you honored your education you put it in a safe place above where normal things could hinder it. It became a priority. It became something that you protected. But many marriages today have not been put in a safe place. They've been put in a place of dishonor where everything is subject to it. Everything barrages it. Everything slams against it. Everything comes against it. You wonder why your marriage is struggling? Because when you begin to honor it, it elevates it above the junk of the world. I love the story of Noah's Ark. And the Bible said, and God remembered. What does it mean God remembered? It doesn't mean he forgot because he can't forget. He's incapable of forgetting. He's omniscient. He's all-knowing. He's all-powerful. God cannot forget. So what does it mean that he remembered? When you look it up, it means he made noteworthy. He put them in a safe place. And it didn't matter how high all the water and all the destruction got, his safe place always just floated on top of the destruction. <laughs> See, it doesn't matter how much stuff comes against your marriage. When you honor it, it's always just going to float above destruction. 
It doesn't matter what comes against your kids. The drugs, the alcohol, the pornography, the, 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 what, the, the things that they don't need to learn in school, the things that they do need to learn in school. When you honor them, they, get, they, they begin to float above the destruction. They begin to float on top of it. And the very thing that meant was, was meant to destroy them actually elevates them to their place of promise and prominence. Come on now, that's good. The very things that are meant to destroy you when you begin to honor your life and realize the Son of God himself with all the fullness of God in him died for you. When I begin to honor that sacrifice and rise it up, it's that honor that will keep me above the destruction that's trying to plague me and bring me down. And that honor will keep me above it so much so that I overcome it. And I overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the way I honor that testimony. When you begin to honor it, it puts it in its safe place so you can become your very best. When you watch professional sports these days, many teams are beginning to play in what? A dome. A covered area. Why? So the game can be performed at its very best. Where the elements of weather do not affect it, the wind does not affect it, and it comes down to the pure talent on the field, minus the horrible refereeing, the, the great talent on the field, because they honored the game so much they build billion and a half dollar facilities to protect the integrity of the game. And you won't spend $5 on a good Christian book to help you get past where you're supposed to be. But you'll fund a dome and spend $150 on a ticket to entertain yourself. What are you honoring? See, you're honoring something. You just got to figure out what you're honoring. And when it gets put in a safe place, the greatest concern that I have as many people are honoring the destructive things because you've got your worst secrets in the safest place you can find, <laughs> come on, where nobody else knows about them and you're protecting what's deteriorating your life. Lord Jesus, help us. Another illustration of it's this. It's a greenhouse. A greenhouse is built for plants to grow. Grow in an optimal environment where they get the benefits of the sun, but protection from the, the elements outside, the, the rains and the wind, the water features in there are, are built in such a way that they get the optimal amount of water to grow at the optimal rate, to see them produce the optimal amount of fruit. They get put in this honor system of their very best possible environment, and they produce fruit year-round. It never quits. Amen. Never stops. Amen. Many Christians in their life we hadn't been producing much fruit because we hadn't put ourselves in an optimal environment many times. And how you value yourself. Your self-worth is this. It's the significance and the importance and the value you put on your life. You don't judge yourself by a dollar amount now. You judge yourself by what am I honoring in my life and what am I not honoring in my life. And what you honor, you'll realize is flourishing. <laughs> but the problem is it's the negative side that flourishes a bunch and when the negative side flourishes a bunch, it just shows we're honoring the things that are not of God. And I realize this in my life. When I have disciplined myself to honor the Father and I get up at 5.45 or 5.30 every morning and spend an hour in His Word, my life is dramatically better than the mornings that I choose to sleep in. 
and not honor him with the first of my time. I'm not saying you got to give him an hour. That's my personal conviction and my personal. That's for my personal optimal growth. Listen, some of you are great with five minutes. It takes me an hour and a half for what you get in five minutes. I mean, I'm just telling you, if you're slower like me, you got to spend more time. Put yourself in an optimal environment. The dome. We spend a billion and a half dollars to build it. To make the game its best possible environment. And you're worth so much more than a billion and a half dollar facility. The struggle with honor is this. It's not an action. Honor is not an action. Honor is a lifestyle. There's the act of honor and the lifestyle of honor. The act of honor will set you up for failure. The act of honor will set you up for failure. And, and, and I'll just use this simple illustration and I'll close with this. The act of honor is a good diet plan. And you'll lose weight for a certain occasion, but it sets you up for failure because the second that's done, it was an action it wasn't a lifestyle. The second that event is done, you balloon back up bigger than you were before. Now, this is just, this is just scientific fact. It's not, it's not being ugly to anybody. You, 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 when, you, when you starve yourself and you get down, and then you have the event, and then you just eat and eat and eat, and eat you end up getting bigger than you were before because your body's in starvation mode because you've cut out so much stuff and you did it in action and not a healthy manner to sustain it for the long period of time. You end up worse off in the end than in the beginning. So the action of honor is destructive. If I honor Jeff and Amy just for what they do, all their life is going to be is a religious doing. And they're going to try and do more to get more honor. But I don't honor them for what they do. I honor them for who they are. The greatest small groups pastor in the northeast Texas area. That's who they are. It's what they do. And what they do is a product of who they are. They found their identity. <laughs> they found it. I remember when, Jeff, when I first brought this to Jeff, he originally wanted to shy away from it, but the more he prayed about it, he said, I, I, that, that's, that's me. I'm finding my identity. And now he's walking into his destiny. And he's gone to other churches and told them about what we're doing because they said, how are y'all doing it? And I said, talk to him, not to me. He did it. <laughs> he did it. So honor that, that's an action is not honor at all. It's destruction. And I don't honor you at TWBC for what you do. I honor you for who you are. And I love you just as you are. You're not a project I'm trying to fix. You're a person that I love. And I love you whether you do a bunch or you do a little. Now, we need a bunch of people to do a bunch, okay? So I'm not saying quit. I'm saying sign up. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Honor is not an action. Honor is a lifestyle. The diet example, when you go back to Starting healthy eating habits, drinking proper amounts of water. I'm horrible at that, okay? I'm not good at that yet. My, my running joke is I'll work out harder so I can eat what I want to. That's destructive. <laughs> but it's fun in the moment. Come on, I'm telling you. It's destructive, but it's fun in the moment. But if I truly want to be healthy, I need to make lifestyle changes. I want you this morning to make one lifestyle change. Something that you're going to commit to doing for the rest of your life. I'm asking something big. You're like, man, that, that, that's a lot. Somebody just gave 1200 bucks for some ribs. 
Whatever we commit to do, we can fulfill. So I'm asking for a commitment. I'm talking big commitment. It may be a little thing, but it's the rest of your life type of thing. That's why wedding days are so important. It was a commitment, the rest of my life type of thing. Maybe that's why it took me two and a half years to get married. I mean, I... The rest of my life type of thing. This morning, what are you going to commit to the Father? Because whatever you honor, you're going to put great value and worth on it. Yeah, my, my, I really prayed about that this past week. And what God really, really said to me is, Joel, you just need to learn to be thankful. So my honor of what I'm going to begin to do is just be thankful for the rest of my life. Be thankful. Thankful for who he is. Thank you for what he's already done. Thankful for where I'm at because there's a lot of people in a lot worse places. Thankful. I need to make that elevate to the top of my list and figure out every day how to be thankful and live in that attitude, live in that lifestyle till it becomes natural. Remember what I said a few weeks ago? Don't practice till you get it right. Practice until you can't get it wrong. Where I practice thankfulness so much it just becomes naturally who I am. I need a commitment this morning. Some of you, it's, I just need to come to church regularly. Some of you, it's, I need to start tithing. Some of you, it's, I need to start elevating my marriage and honoring it. Some of you, it's, I need to start honoring my kids. Some of it's, I need to start uh, making a decision just to seek the face of God on a daily basis. Some of it this morning is this. You realized your great value and your great worth because the Son of God in all that He is died for you. And you need to make this commitment. I'm going to serve the Lord Jesus Christ the rest of my life. I'm going to serve Him. See, a lot of you have been saved, but a lot of you haven't surrendered to service. Mm. You've been saved. I love Jesus. He loves you. I'm so excited about that. I really am. But when you surrender to serve the rest of your life, Life change happens. Things are different.